0: This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self Storage Income, and uh, we are coming to you guys a little later than usual. If you uh, follow us on uh, Instagram, we have been traveling, visiting sites across the Midwest and the Northwest, Um, potential developments and everything, which we'll get into, but that's not the topic of today. Today's topic is an extremely important one that we need to dive into, and that's the effect of square footage on a market. And... I have this conversation. Um, I am on calls usually all day long talking with people, evaluating deals, looking at partnerships, and it's one of the most common topics. They want to understand in their markets or opportunities why we go for them, why we don't, and that's usually based upon an analyzation of the square footage on the market. So, with that said, we our sponsor, Live Oak Bank, um, we – I was talking about them this morning and uh, we were talking when um, – uh, from a member of our inner circle actually was looking at different financing and we directed them towards uh, Live Oak Bank with the main reason being when Live Oak Bank, they talked about on this podcast how they underwrite deals, which is really um, – it's really important to understand your financial partner's position, not just in the asset class, but their mentality and approach to underwriting. When they approach underwriting, they are looking at a few things, but really they're looking at the business plan and the odds of executing it in that asset class. This is important as opposed to just looking at your financial backing or the market that that's located in. Um, too often, banks' salespeople will try to get you to put a loan with them, uh, but the underwriting department turns it down when they should have turned it down at the very beginning and not wasted any of your time. This drives me nuts. And I like that Live Oak Bank is very open on their approach and they can talk to you guys. It's one of the uh, um, their better uh qualities, including the fact that they understand the industry, mm-hmm. so they're really understanding and looking at that asset class and saying, "How's it going to do?" And they can be a partner with you in it. That's why we're so happy to have them as um as as a sponsor. So you guys need to check it out, Terry Campbell. Check out the podcast um, that he was on too. Yeah, a few episodes ago, yeah, really good episode, really good. Uh, how to buy a storage facility? Yes, really good. Um, With that, we'll do our quick recap, and then we're going to get into the square footage. So wanted to give a recap on the actual uh, trip that we had. So good. Yeah, so good. A lot of good stuff, man. A lot of good properties, a lot of good potential. We have um, some great partners that have brought us deals. And uh, when evaluating these deals, it's amazing the phases that you go through in understanding the deal, you have on paper, which is the basic, you know, okay, well, here's the price, here's maybe what it can be, um, and then you start to go into more of a dynamic underwriting strategy and understanding the marketplace and the prices and the square footage, which we'll get into, um, and then you say, hey, this may be a great opportunity, right? But then you get on the ground, and and this is where the fun stuff really begins because you you really get to understand what could become, right? And on these um, deals that we're looking at, um, on, on the trip that we were looking at, all three of them, um, Once once we got on the ground, it really got me excited because we could see a lot more of the potential that was lying there that I don't think we fully understood before. This is good because it can also be the opposite. You can get on the ground and say, oh, this isn't going to work out. Like that looked mm-hmm. really good, yeah. And all the talks, the numbers, everything else. But now that we're on the ground, I'm not really that excited about it. Um, that didn't happen. So uh, this is going to be a fun one to talk to you guys about because we have, um, well, we have three conversions we're working on and a ground up. Uh, and we're trying to build a lot of content out around this because there's so much to show you guys. Uh, we did, I did put out a lot of content in the last week on our acquisition, particularly our Kansas City deal, which I'm going to make probably an entire YouTube video about it. Yeah, that'd be good Why idea. we liked it, what we thought of it, um, and give you guys an inside look at this entire process and how's it, how, how it's going. So. It was great. It was a great trip. We're excited about it. Um, this is going to be a great one for partners, everybody else. It's a, one of those those deals that are just win-wins all the way around. Um, and uh, we, we love those. So we have a lot of development going on, a lot of conversions. And, uh, that we, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and um, we – just closed on our our latest acquisition. And I really wanna get another acquisition done in the fourth quarter. So please, anybody know, anyone have a good opportunity, bring it, we've turned down several. And that leads us into why we turn it down and why or why we say yes on that first phase. So the square footage on the market, okay? Not all square footage is created equal. And this is a hard one but this is one you have to approach dynamically, not statically, because when you look at the square footage on the market, we all wish that there was a golden rule that could make us look at more opportunities quicker and discount them, that it's like, hey, listen, under 10 square feet per capita, it works over 10 square feet per capita, it doesn't. Right now in the market, we it's very crazy. Um, there's a lot going on, lots of developments, and lots of migration Um, people are really moving. Um, so you have to understand not just how this, how much square footage is on the market, but how it's being utilized and what is the value of that square footage in the market? Because not all square footage value is treated the same. So when you're looking at a market, a lot of people don't realize that you may build a, um, facility, And that facility, you can actually target certain types of products that don't even exist in your three-mile radius, like climate-controlled, or maybe you have um, covered RV parking, or maybe you're offering um, other types of units like wine storage or things like that that aren't readily available in the marketplace or don't exist in that marketplace. Well, that square footage is valued a lot higher, and so that square footage you monopolize on basically, right? Um, Because it's not there. Also too, square footage in different markets is, so if I'm in, let's say a highly dense first tier market with a lot of apartments, they're going to utilize a lot of smaller square footage, a lot of five by fives, a lot of um, smaller size units. You get into the West though, and you get into maybe second tier markets in the West and they want big units, Um, and so lots of times you see traditional builders and everything like, oh, well, let's do this many 10 by 10s, this many five by fives, this many drive-ups, outdoor parking and this. And I always ask them like, well, why did you come up with those numbers? Why those units and why that many of them? Um, and the real, uh, thing that you gotta be doing is you gotta be going through phases. So when we're building... We're working with the architect. We're identifying the needs in the market based upon unit size and based upon proximity to our facility and revenue that we can get from each size and proximity to the facility. And then we build out on the map. And then we go through multiple reiterations when we're saying, well, look at this size, how many we got on the market. And uh, we don't think they're, we're going to get, be able to sell that many, or we don't think that we can get a new high price, or what we like to do is create products that aren't on the market. Um, We're doing that in one of our ground-up developments. We can then charge a much higher price because we're offering something special that doesn't even exist that we believe is in high demand from understanding the market that we're serving. Uh, This can give you an edge on the market that is really important. I think it comes back, once again, to understanding that storage is a business. You've got to supply demand and you've got to create products that work, don't just simply mimic. And
1: that, that provide value, you know, yeah. where the simple things like it's more common kind of back where we were um, just this past week in the Midwest kind of areas where, you know, they have the, the drive-through style units and facilities where you can pull in out of the wind and the cold and unload your stuff and bring it into the facility uh, and be in this enclosed space, you know. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of these other places don't have that where they actually could have that. Yeah. That'd be a really good thing to have because it does get equally cold, windy elements, everything else. in some of these areas that,
0: that don't have those kinds of facilities typically. So, so when you're looking at building or buying, you need to understand, and this is the biggest problem that I see. I see this from, um, brokers. I see this from people coming in and they pull out these performas, and a perfect one is um, – I looked at one today. They came up with a Performa. They had a market study done, which I love seeing the feasibility studies. <laughs> so the feasibility studies said, oh, well, in a seven-mile radius, um, there is 13 square feet per capita on the market, right? Um, I had a bunch of questions on it first of all so I'm walking through it with uh, um them and and when I look at it I wondered seven mile radius why did you put a seven mile radius first of all i, I that was confusing really so I got yeah, into the market I opened it up right on the line of the seven mile radius there was five storage facilities so what they did is they cut <laughs> off the line right before where all the storage facilities were so that means that seven miles away if you went, not even a quarter of a mile past that point, there's all these storage facilities, right? And then if you took it down into a three-mile radius, which is the only thing you should really be – a three to five-mile radius is what you should be looking at. This is what's important. Seven miles out, I'm a lot less concerned about. They were going to build, and the square footage that they were going to build was going to increase that market supply by 35%, the entire market, also, Jeez. there was nine, or there was 20 square feet per capita. So it's what I said is I'm like, yeah, how much square feet per capita isn't nearly as important as the effect of your square footage on the market. Your square footage that you're putting onto the market is going to increase that square footage by 35%. Whether you can fill that up or not, I don't understand. I, I don't know that because you got to look at it this way. If you were in a market that had 20 square feet per capita, but you were building and it only increased by that market by 2% and that 20 square feet was really full, lots of demand, everything like that, I'm going okay, we have a, you have a reasonable likelihood in a three-year projection that you're going to fill up based upon these unit sizes, what's being used in the market. But when you're putting on 35% of extra in a market, I could never realistically tell you if that's going to fill up or not. How do I know? That's mm. so much more yeah. on the market, That's right? a ton. I can't map that out. And especially when there's already 20, per, 20 square feet per capita. So you can imagine how much adding 35% on top of that would do. And it's, and like I, I mentioned in the call, it has nothing to do, meaning that that's not going to be successful. I just don't know. So when I look at a market, I'm looking to see a, that square footage when I'm purchasing. If I'm buying a, a 10,000 square foot facility... I wanna look at all the units in those buildings. I wanna look at, when I wanna go to all the competitors and see, are those units full? Are they raising prices on them? That will tell me if I'm gonna be able to have high demand, if I'm gonna be able to raise prices, or if my facility's in trouble. Because every single unit is going to be valued differently based upon demand. So eight square feet versus 15 square feet, right? For me, anytime you get into the teens That starts to – you need to – you have to really understand that market because you're getting in a possibly oversupplied market. But it's not just existing. I need to understand the future. So once again, if I'm looking at a market like where we live, perfect example in Canyon County, uh, uh, Idaho, a suburb – the suburbs of Boise, Idaho, they have uh, so much storage coming on board. I have to map out and say, is our growth going to cover – that square footage and keep up demand. We're well over 26 square feet per capita. And what happens if we have a slowdown? What happens if interest rates go up and people stop moving here? So I got to understand the future demand of that square footage and how people are going to interact with it because I don't want to be caught up in a cyclical slowdown Because there's so much new square footage coming onto the market, yet we had a rise in interest rates, and people aren't moving, and we see a drop in utilization, and they're all putting the same types of units on, and now my 10 by 10s went from being $0.60 a square foot in revenue down to $0.45, and I'm having to give discounts two months free, which just kills your rate, right? So, this is what I mean when I say you need to look at this dynamically. Sit down and take some time to understand how consumers are utilizing the square foot, how much is on there, and what that means. I am not saying justify. Listen, I see more people trying to justify locations so they can do a deal than anything else. If it just doesn't make sense, it doesn't make sense. Don't try to make up numbers and spreadsheets to justify you doing a deal. That's how people get hurt. That's how you lose money. Well, that's how Um, you miss
1: out on opportunity everywhere else. You know, I mean, you're sitting there worrying about something and trying to make it work as opposed to just going out and working with what actually works. You know, I mean, look at how many deals and different things we're looking at right now. Uh, If we were looking at these things that didn't work in pencil, then
0: it'd be a complete and total waste of time. And we'd miss all the other ones. and, And when you understand the utilization of square foot on the market, you understand the conditions that make rent increases. What are those drivers? So what are the inevitable economics of that area, the microeconomics that are going to drive rates and demand in your area? That depends on utilization. So if you understand the fundamentals of that, then you can find opportunities everywhere. Um, So... That is really today. I I mean, I don't want to make it overly complicated or anything, but you you don't look at this one dimensionally, look at it three dimensionally, make sure you have a multi-understanding of the demand that's there coming on, how people are using it, what is the history, what is the future of the area, what are all those drivers of revenue going to be? And I'm not talking about building too. Once again, I'm talking about buying. Obviously, if you're building, it's way more important, but when you're acquiring, what in your pro forma that you have written down because you just decide that you're going to get a 4% increase in your rental rates every single year, like I always say, why do you think you're going to get that? And so I ask people when they look at that, well, I've performed I think I can get a 6% increase for three years. Okay, that's fine. Why? Um, there needs to be reasons and you need to understand those reasons. Because if not, then I can actually say that in contrary. I think you're gonna get a negative six percent. I don't know if that's true or not, but if we're just saying numbers um mm-hmm. right. and not understanding, well, why, why AJ? Why do you think it's exactly <laughs> so <laughs> that would be yeah. the first question? Yep. Yeah. And that yeah. would why be the first that? question. Why do you think exactly? Yeah. <laughs> why do you think my rates are gonna drop? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Why do you think they're gonna go up? Exactly. So um that's perfect. make sure that you are not You're not fitting the circumstances to your narrative, but the narrative fits to the circumstances. And make sure that your um, underlying um, theories and um, investment philosophies for that market are true because they are backed by anecdotal evidence, not just hopes and dreams. Make a business plan and understand it. I like it. Yep. So, stuff. This is very important. I hope it was helpful. Um, once again, guys, we're showing stuff on. Oh, we have a bunch of new content we're putting out. We're starting up the YouTube thing, so we've actually hired. Um, because, as you all know, me and uh, Connor have not been able to successfully keep a camera on for more than thirty minutes.
1: So, <laughs> and then actually get the video somewhere, so to then go to YouTube somehow. I and, know.
0: Uh, what it, you know? Yeah. We don't understand it. <laughs> I don't – it's just – it's uh, a weird world for It's a us. process. It's a process, people. Yeah. So instead, we just hired somebody else to do it. Uh, so they're coming in. They're going to help us get things set up, and we'll, we'll start putting that and hopefully get the podcast actually on video too, um, which will be great because then we can attach certain subjects with YouTubes over and we can recommend them um, for you guys. But hope this was helpful, everybody. Go check out all our resources on our site and check out our journey, Instagram. I'm trying to post as much as I can and tell you guys so you guys can learn more about this awesome, awesome world of self-storage. Awesome. Thanks a bunch, AJ. We'll catch everybody next time. See ya.